Hi everyone, just wanted to give you a quick heads up about this episode of the podcast uh, before you listen to it. Um, something about the audio recording went weirdly. Um, I mentioned last week um, in our, you know, how we do the podcast section, that I record myself a lot quieter than Dave because my microphone's really good quality, so it's like I don't, you know, it's loud. But for this episode, all my audio came in really, really loud. Um, I've tried to even it out as best as I can, but Dave's going to sound quieter than normal in some bits and I'm going to sound really weird. Um, it's because my microphone was peaking a lot and I couldn't really get rid of it. All I could do is sort of quiet down my bits and make Dave as loud as I could without bumping up all of my bits. So that's why it's going to sound maybe not as good audio quality as normal this week. I promise the content is still gold like normal. Um, but hopefully I'll figure out what happened by next week. And this will be just a one-off. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. As usual, go to gamebanter.co.uk for all 150 episodes of the Game Central podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 151 of the Game Central Podcast. I'm your co-host Gareth, joined by my fellow co-host Dave. Hey everyone, how's it going Gareth? Not too bad Dave, uh, but there's an elephant in the room already. Already. And that is, uh, we've been putting out the past few podcasts on like Monday, Tuesday, slash maybe Wednesday. <laughs> We're yeah. recording this on a Sunday. Yeah. Which means... Uh, purely my fault. Really? Well, well, the fault is a strong word. Yeah. yeah but it means, you know, the, we've already broken our New Year's resolution day of a podcast every week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is very true. Uh, we didn't it literally didn't even survive four episodes before we broke it. True. I mean, we, you know, we always make the disclaimer we're normal guys. We have jobs and lives and shit. So, you know. Well, um, this is going to be worth it, because this week we're yeah. going to be talking about Half-Life 2, a game which Dave had never played before. Yeah, hence the delay. Um, it took me longer to complete than expected, uh, due to work commitments and just generally underestimating how long the fucking game was to begin with. But uh, yeah, completed it now, and I'm ready to talk about it. Looking forward to it. Nice, me too. We also have some news... Gonna play some music, I imagine, as is tradition. But uh, interesting little facts for you, Dave. Uh, yeah. So let me just—I like to have the information uh, in front of me uh, for a fact, because otherwise it, it's not a fact. You're just guessing. Yeah. I'm gonna well, pull up that information just, uh, now. Yeah, so guesswork. This is episode 151, as we know. Yeah. I said it mere yeah. moments ago. We're going to be talking about Half-Life 2 today. Um, yeah. Do you want to guess what the topic of the Game Central Podcast Episode 2 was? Half-Life? No, surely Half-Life... Don't say that we're talking about the same... Sh- we're just, we've gone through all those episodes that we're now recycling old material. And Episode 2 was actually about how great Half-Life 2 was. Episode 2 of the Game Central Podcast was about how great Half-Life 2 was... Uh, <laughs> that was published on the 23rd of January 2014 so over oh, six wow. years ago 
So, you know, updated thoughts on the very relevant topic of Half-Life 2. Yeah, and this came about because it's free on Steam. Yeah. And that's literally why we're talking about it. Yep, it just so happened that the stars aligned and exactly 150 episodes after that, (laughs) we're still talking about it. That's how good a game it is. We'll find out if Dave thinks it's good later. Let's not not spoil it for people. So... Unless you've got anything else, Dave. No. Uh, straight on to the news. All right. If you hear rain in the background, by the way, it's because it's storm... Is it Kyra right now? What is it? I don't know, mate. Ciara? It's yeah, fucking it's storm. It's big old storm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the... Kiara? Ciara? You <laughs> You're looking it? at it and you can't even... <laughs> Like, you know, it's a C. Yeah. Well, that could be a sir or a cur. Great. Thanks for making it hard to pronounce. Anyway. Maybe it's like uh, chow, yeah, so it's like chiara. Yes. Uh, so if you hear rain and all that shit. In fact, hashtag windy was trending in the UK earlier today, so you know it's hashtag bad. Windy. But that's just what that is. Uh, it's not my... That's problems, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's move on to this week's news. Okay, so Blizzard, a company that's not having the best year of their life. No, uh, not massive. No, they, you know, you know folded. Don't get involved in politics. <laughs> no. And then biggest political scandal known to man happens. Yeah, they supported China. Uh, feels like years ago now, but it was only a few months ago. Uh, purely for profit yeah because of the money that China brings in and then this past week they released Warcraft 3 Reforged which is a remake of Warcraft 3 uh, which is (laughs) a legendary game that came out I want to say decades ago yeah Uh, we stopped the precursor to games like Dota and League of Legends because uh, they started out well Dota started out as a mod on in Warcraft 3 so you know, it's kind of spawned this whole genre off to the side. It's a pretty important game, even in real-time strategy circles, because it how popular it became. It led into StarCraft and all that stuff. They released a remake of it this past week yeah. that is so bad uh, that it is the lowest user-rated game in the history of Metacritic. And it's also so bad that Blizzard are saying, if anybody bought this game... We will refund you your money, regardless of how much of it you've already played. Uh, that's how sorry what? they are. Yeah. Jesus, what's so bad about it though? What What are the main complaints? Um, I heard somebody talking about a few days ago. This is the story I've got up is just them saying, "Fine, we'll give everyone their money back, whatever." Uh, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> no, I just want to know, like, why is it being because uh, why is it being so badly received and? Because I've looked at the graphical improvement, it doesn't look that bad. I'm digging. Okay. I'd love to know what the main, yeah. Because I could imagine maybe it's just. Maybe they've changed it. Maybe they haven't changed it. Maybe it's a, blat- it's a blatant rip off. <laughs> All of these stories are like 10 words long. Okay, here we go. Draws criticism for downgrades. Um, oh, so they have changed it. 
Let's see. Originally, Blizzard planned to rework some story elements for the game, uh, which they didn't do. Um, looks like graphically, the game looks way worse now than it used to. Oh, but it looks like a wrong picture. Uh, I'm going to click this video, and hopefully it doesn't play an advert. Yeah, I just realised I clicked on the video of a uh, expectation. Of yeah. an expectation? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's like an expectation revamp rather than an actual, you know, what it looks like. So pretty much, they came out and said, "This is how. This is what it's. Uh, what we're going to promise you. Uh, this is how good it's going to be. Uh, we're going to add all this shit to it." And everyone's like, "Okay, cool." And then that never happened. Uh huh. So they. Yeah. So what this is is in BlizzCon 2018, they showed like a trailer of. Remember that game everyone loved. Here's what we're doing to it, and it was like a really detailed story trailer. Um, showing how they're going to improve the animations and the graphics and stuff. And at launch, the cutscenes are the exact same way the old game was, which is like really shit graphics and oh, just text no. boxes at the bottom and people just having a conversation with no. Oh, because they're actual... squares. They're genuine squares. Yeah. Like 2002 graphics is like. Well, yeah, they're not squares, but you know, they're, they're very pointy. Yes. Like, they've got smooth features, but they're very pointy. <laughs> Like there's no like, there's no smoothness to them. They're no round, round edges are, you know, limited. Yes. So it's just literally just like boff, 2002 graphics. They've re-released the game, but they've just sold you the same shit that they released in 2002. More or less, yeah. Um, I guess some of the features are changed, but I can't. The problem, again, we've said this before, the problem with like news websites now is every story has to be like a certain length to keep people on the yeah. web page. So it's like, nobody's just saying what's up with it. They're like, the original one came through, like I did at the start of this, which took me 10 seconds to say. But it's like three paragraphs of like, the proceeding career really took off, which makes, you know, all that shit. So it's hard to just find it. Anyway, regardless... Blizzard's We're Year of Hell. Fucking hated it. Yes, Blizzard's Year of Hell continues. Um, don't buy Blizzard product, please. Not right now, anyway. Wait for them to go on their We're Sorry tour and <laughs> start actually paying attention. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw this review on Google. It goes, if you already own a copy of Warcraft 3, don't buy this one. It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> fair. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> It goes, it's a 30 gigabyte download of the exact same game on that disc. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Uh, that's just hilarious. So I guess, so, yeah, yeah pretty much it up. they proposed a bunch of upgrades to the game and then they were like, nah, it's part of the same fucking game. Who, who gives a shit? No yeah. one's going to notice. So your thinking is that, you know, Spyro reignited, we're talking about, like, you know, um, the medieval remake... All HD remasters, they kind of add something to the game. You know, they not just the graphics, they do a total overhaul of the game. Yeah. And then this one's like, no, let's just do bare minimum graphical overhauls and sell you the game back on nostalgia hype. <laughs> okay, then, thanks. As if we wouldn't notice. 
Be okay then. Hilarious. Bastards. Yeah, don't buy a blizzard. Just... Don't I, give us money. I don't think I could ever. I'm not sure if I've ever played or bought a blizzard title. Uh, well, it's Activision Blizzard, so if you ever played a Call oh, of Duty course. game. Of course it is Activision Blizzard. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. See? So, yeah, I take that back. I apologise. Um, but, yeah, like I said before, these sorts of games aren't really in my interest sphere. Seeing well, as I know that I'm pretty shit at them. Well, if that's not in your interest sphere, Dave, how about the Final Fantasy VII remake? Ooh, that's in my sphere. Uh, news came out this past week that the Final Fantasy VII release that got pushed back, we know that. Yeah, um, from, what was it, March 3rd? Oh, March, March 3rd to the 10th of April. Um, yeah. But what we found out this past week was that the exclusivity window for it to be on PS4 um, takes into account the updated release. So that's also been pushed back. So PC players, Xbox players, they won't get the game until 10th of April 2021 now. Um, what? Yeah. So that's kind of lame. <laughs> it's a PlayStation only title for a year. Yeah, and that was always going to be the case. But, oh, but like, still. the announcement that Jesus. like that window begins on the day of release, everybody. Don't on think you'll be getting it release. 30th of March 2021. No, 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 no. So if it gets delayed again... That date keeps getting pushed further and further back along with the release date. That's so bad. Yeah. Oh, so I fucking hate exclusivity. I think it's just so such an old-fashioned way of doing things now. Like, we've gone past that, haven't we? Like, come on. Like, there's no such things as console wars anymore, quote-unquote, because a lot of people have enough revenue to buy both. So, therefore, for a company that isn't you know, linked to a publisher, i.e. Nintendo, mm-hmm. or, you know, i fucking Bungie, and even Bungie isn't out now, isn't it? It's free for free, isn't it? Whoever makes Halo. Yeah. Uh, you know, unless you're solely making those exclusive games because you're linked to a developer, like, you know, a, a console developer, then there's no need for you to exclusify yourself. What's the point? You're just losing money for that year, you know. Well, I think so. Sony will have paid them to stay yeah. exclusive, right? I, know. I, un- I understand why it benefits Sony, yeah. and Sony is obviously saying that you get a cut of the money. But surely you make more money as a company by selling to the masses. Like the the payoff that Sony's giving you surely isn't so drastic that it pays for an entire year's worth of revenue on PC and Xbox. Yeah, it's especially silly because Final Fantasy VII is already out on, like, the PC. Mm. I can play it right now off off Steam. So, I mean, like, I get it. It It was an original PlayStation title. I get that. But, you know, to sign over the a year's worth of rights to Sony to say, yeah, you can play it. And then, like you said, to almost, like, take the piss to say, oh, by the way, the contract, the year doesn't start until the game's released. <laughs> so, oh, hope, sure, hope the fuck it doesn't come out in September, you know? Yeah. Although, does that mean this is going to be, like, really close to the launch of the next Xbox? 
Is is it like is Final Fantasy VII is basically a launch title for the next Xbox? That's kind of weird to think about. Yeah, that is odd. Huh? Because I like there would be a lot of people I would say who played Final Fantasy VII back in the day and then haven't played games in like ten years because they have families or whatever, and they'll be like, "They're bringing Final Fantasy VII back out. I'll buy a PlayStation for that." That's my impression of like a forty-year-old man. Oh yeah, yeah, um, totally. But there won't be enough of those. <laughs> No, but this is what I'm saying. So the people, so they're saying is that people who are on PC will want to play this game so much that they'll buy a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And you see, they go, yeah, they probably will, but they're not going to buy a brand new PlayStation. They're going to buy a second-hand one, which means the revenue doesn't go to Sony. Yeah, you're probably right. They don't get more revenue, do they? No one is going to go out and buy a brand new PlayStation. Why would they do that? For one game, yeah, maybe that doesn't make sense. Maybe they bought their son a PlayStation, and they're like, "Oh, I'll buy this game that I can play on my son's PlayStation as well." I don't know. Seems like a very niche thing, uh, and I do agree with you. Yeah, for for yeah, what I'm saying is, is that it used to make sense because one, it used to be like a one platform household. Yeah. We used to say like to each other, like it's either the PlayStation or the Xbox, or it's the Sega. Or the Dreamcast, you know, it's like it was one of those decisions. Mm-hmm. But now it's like a multi a multi platform household is just common because the second hand market is so common. So therefore, for you to say to someone like, "Yeah, it's going to be exclusive for a year because we want to push sales for the PlayStation," at the end of an era when the PlayStation Five is coming out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, no one's going to fucking do that. And signing an exclusivity deal for, you know, I'm guessing it's Square Enix? Yeah. Yeah. For Square Enix to do that, yeah, it's just sort of for, like, nostalgia reasons. Because, like you said, the people who are going to be doing this are the are the people who remember playing Final Fantasy VII as a kid. Yeah. And they're going to be like, yeah, I'll definitely play that. Oh, is it on my PC? Because I'm now an avid PC. No, of course it's not on my PC. Or I'll, I'll just buy a knockoff PlayStation then from CX. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I mean, there may yeah. be examples of... It seems of, outdated. It all. does, yeah. There may be examples of Microsoft doing this with exclusives as well, but there's yeah. nothing as precious as, like, Final Fantasy VII to a lot of people. So, like, for Sony to hold it back from those people feels a bit petty. It's like, no, no, yeah. Final Fantasy VII is uh, only on the PlayStation 4. It's like, well... Don't be a dick. I, I feel remember, like Microsoft think, have veered away from this kind of. I think Microsoft did it with the rare. I think Microsoft did it with the rare. What is it called? It was called. Oh, for God's sake, it's that game. That collection of rare games. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Rare Replay? I think it's called the Rare Replay. I think they did it with the Rare Replay for about six months or something like that. And then it came out on PlayStation. But come on. Sure. Like, no one really cared that much. Um. Yeah, I just feel like I said is that, you know, surely now, it, it just, like I keep saying, it just feels outdated. It feels like something that you sit there and go, yeah, this will be like console defining, but seeing as it's right at the end of an era of PlayStation 4, do you honestly expect the prices to hike and the sales of PlayStation 4s to go up? So just because of this, no, all you're going to get, yeah, as from Square Enix is an angry backlash of people saying, why is this not being released on day one? on all consoles because surely like I said surely the revenue that you're going to make from the nostalgia that everyone's going to feel from this game like is like 10 times the amount that Sony paid you for exclusivity 
I think the only thing that I can think of as a a, a reason to do it is that Sony funded like the last bit of the game, and you needed the money there and then to finish the game. You know, that's the only that's the only you know feasible solution that I could have seen for it to be like okay, then that's where you signed exclusivity. But mm-hmm. you know, for to do it for you know, monetary gain. Mm-hmm. Just can't see it. Just seems like a really old-fashioned business model. Well, like I said, I, I think enough people are going to play it. Um, I'm still like it doesn't affect me, as uh, like I just said. I'm probably not going to buy it. I'm mm-hmm. going to watch it. But uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people, if they are that bothered, the second-hand PlayStation fours are like you can probably get one for less than a hundred quid. And that's no over-exaggeration. You probably yeah, I could. Think so. Yeah. So, people will probably just go out and buy a second-hand one. Um, but yeah, see what happens. Alright. So, uh, Platinum Games. Um, yep. They are the Bayonetta. company... Yep, Bayonetta. And... God, Metal many... Gear Solid Revolution Revival Revo- Revo- Revolver Jack the Ripper Special Edition Metal Gear Solid Swordplay. Yeah, game. what was that? Oh, Re Revengeance. <laughs> it was called like Re Revengeance. Yeah. It went through so many names that started with R E that everyone just like combined them together. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they put up a new web page a few days ago um, that was like the Platinum Four, and <laughs> no one really knew what that meant. Uh, it said, yeah, like, like cool. <laughs> one, coming soon, two, coming soon, three, coming soon, four, coming soon. It wasn't long before one was revealed as the Wonderful 101, yes, um, which was a Wii U game exclusively. I was say, oh, <laughs> fucking exclusivity. <laughs> <laughs> um, by all accounts... I do remember this. Yes, I do remember this. By all accounts, a pretty good game. Um, I kept looking at it going, oh, that looks interesting, and never buying a Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you play like a team of superheroes and you like conform them into different configurations yeah. to solve puzzles or fight enemies and stuff. Very well received, very good game, but because it's out on Wii U, it had that famous problem where I was the only person who bought one in the UK. <laughs> I was like, uh, so they did a Kickstarter to remake it for the Switch uh, with stretch goals for PC and PS4 as well. No mention of the Xbox. Shocking. Um, but needless to say, they met that stretch goal very quickly. People really excited to play it. And it's coming out on PS4 and PC and Switch because they met the stretch goal. Um, nice. The stretch goal for PC was a quarter of a million. And for PS4 was half a million, and they hit both of those. So, wow! You know, it's not like they say like, "Oh, give us ten grand and we'll do it for PC." I guess no, no. They they made it like reasonable. Yeah, I think a lot of these Kickstarters are like unrealistic. They just don't really take into account just how much more money it takes to do cross-platform. Yeah, they're like, "Yeah, it's like a five grand extra." No, no, it's like a hundred grand extra. <laughs> <laughs> So let me... I wonder if I can check in on the Kickstarter right now. This is live on a mm. Sunday evening. So it's currently at 
One and a half million US dollars. Bloody hell. So that's good. I would say this is probably going to get funded. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to say that. Gonna I was going to back it, but then it was like the lowest tier where you get the actual game when it comes out for Switch was like 35 quid. And I was like, I'm not paying 35 quid for this platinum like puzzle combat game. It seems like a classic candidate for me for being in like a humble bundle in like a year from now. Yeah, I know. yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. which I'm all for because I subscribe to the humble bundle. Even though I don't think there's been a really good game in the humble bundle for a long fucking time. <laughs> no, uh, I still get emails from the humble bomb bundle, and every single time I look at it, it's like no. Yeah, I think the next month is Okami, which I am excited to put into my Steam library and never play. Mm. Um, so that's cool. I've been doing that recently as well because obviously my thumb still is bruised and I can't use a joystick. <laughs> so I've been just going on to the Game Pass and just going, oh, I'm going to put that onto my Xbox so it just takes up space. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't wait to eventually get around to playing that. <laughs> Never. Uh, but yeah. Oh, Cloud storage, man. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. So the rest of this story is, you know, Wonderful One Hundred One is coming out remastered for PS4 and PC and Switch. What are the other Platinum Three going to be? You know, they we already know they're making Bayonet Three for the Switch at some point. We've not seen anything for a few years now. Is that going to be one of them? If it's not, there's three brand new platinum games maybe coming out because Wonderful One Hundred One. Are there any? Are there any platinum games that got like loads of fucking niche hype? I can't really. Like to be fair, Bayonet was quite niche when it first came out and then turned mainstream. So I mean, Dominatrix Witch who kills heaven. That's pretty niche. Yeah, it's quite niche when you lay it out on the line like that. <laughs> I'm gonna search um, platinum games and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what I find, Dave. Uh, so Bayonetta, Astral Chain, that's a Switch game. That could come out on like PS4 and Xbox, maybe. Yeah. Yep. Nier Automata did very well for them. Oh, Nier Automata was an amazingly good game that everyone keeps telling me to play, and then I haven't. It's been on sale so many times on Steam, and every time I post on Twitter, like, ha, still not buying it. And there's always someone who's like, why not? You should definitely play Nier Automata. I'm like, ah, fuck you. It's, it's just because it's like game. one of those games. Um, it's like Persona 5. I know that I'll enjoy playing Persona 5, but just yeah. the thought of the mountain I have to climb to play it. And I mean, just like so many hours like in this game. Uh, Neil Almighty has about, is it nine different endings? Uh, I think there's tw- one for each letter of the alphabet was the thing, right? Oh, yeah. So, 26. Suddenly we forgot how many letters are in the alphabet. It is 26. Yeah, I always get this. I usually say 24, and then everyone looks at me questionably. Did you ever go to school? (laughs) No. I went But, yeah, Vanquish. Vanquish is fucking sick. You skate around the world on rocket legs. Fucking, what a game. This is a game here that I played when it first came out, and I just couldn't get my head around it. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, and I watched my friend play it, and it was literally like an LSD trip. 
what the fuck is going on? And he was sliding around, skating, shooting, jumps around, melee attacks some dude's head off, carries on, and I was just like, this is amazing. And I tried to play it. I was just like, I just don't have the dexterity to play this game. (laughs) Uh, That would be a banging game to have on the Switch. Just imagine. I'd love a sequel. Because they've released it remastered on PC, I want to say last year, maybe, maybe a year or two ago. I think they did. Um, And that's cool, but I want a sequel to that. Uh, we already said Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Uh, Mad World <laughs> from the Wii was them. Mad World. Black and white uh, sort of Battle Royale type thing. Battle Royale the film, yes, not the, yes, the yes, genre. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Star Fox Zero. We don't want them to do a new Star Fox. Uh, did, that, did that do 13? No. that You're thinking of um, Clover? Uh, yeah. Over. Yeah, yeah, who did Beautiful Joe? There should be a new Beautiful Joe. Um, and the final one that is probably interesting is Scalebound, which was shown at a few E3s at the Xbox conference. Uh, that's the game with dragons and people with like Beats headphones on. That... I think, uh, uh, yes, it's yes, that one. okay, yeah. yeah. You literally described it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got a um, Nero from fucking um, Devil May Cry in it. Yes, a very generic-looking game with the dragons generic, and headphones. Just literally, I've got a massive sword, white hair, and I've got Beats <laughs> headphones. This is literally like Nero. Yeah. Uh, but I'm Microsoft... sure it's the same character model. Like, he's, his Devil Trigger looks the exact same <laughs> as this guy's arm. Are you sure they just haven't ripped it off? Anyway, carry on. Uh, Microsoft cancelled that game, but if Platinum still have the rights to it, maybe that could be, like, a PlayStation yeah. and PC thing as well, or... Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck you, Microsoft. <laughs> I mean, if they want to do Kickstarters for all these games, there are a lot of people who will be like, Vanquish 2, yes, I'll kickstart that. Scalebound, sure, why the fuck not? Like, you know, they'll do yeah. well. And yeah, good for Scalebound them. Scalebound was... Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these uh, trailer images and just going, yes, this is the game that I got really, really excited for. And then they were just like, about three weeks later, <laughs> cancelled. <laughs> one shot at E3, man. Like, it's one of your top trailers as well. I remember it. Yeah. You're like, here's your dragons. And you could scale it like Dragon's Dogma and, like, crawl all over it and stuff like that. And then they were just like, yeah, that looks amazing. That was cancelled. Yeah. So, maybe, yeah, if that. Maybe not for long. Yeah. Yeah, exciting. Exciting news. Good. I agree. Good. Yeah. Let's agree. Better than, Let's agree. Yeah. Look at us agreeing. <laughs> Nodding and going, yeah, yeah. Uh, next news story. Uh, do you remember this past year at Nintendo E3's press conference? They showed a brief trailer for Breath of the Wild 2. Yes. Well, yes. they've since announced it won't be out in 2020. That's it. That's the news story. Not a big one. Not a shock <laughs> in any way. We showed you a very brief uh, Orsane trailer and everyone got really hyped and by the way that's not coming out uh, for a while. Yeah. Uh, shock horror to absolutely nobody. Yeah. But there's more Nintendo news because our last news story oh. of this episode <laughs> Calm down Dave. Calm down. <laughs> um, more Nintendo news. The, the final news story of this week's podcast is that the Nintendo Switch has already surpassed the SNES in lifetime sales. Oh, wow. Wow, that's actually massive. It is. The SNES was like the console. 
like it was a big I one. never had one but it was the console to have yes uh, uh, lifetime sales how long has the Switch been out? Um, two years is it? let's see Mario Odyssey and Zelda were launched two years ago yeah it must be two years because I yeah, was playing it in the toilet at my current job and I've only been there like two and a half years so it, yeah. <laughs> so it must be within the last two right. years <laughs> Great way to spend company time, just saying. Uh, hey, what I do yeah. on the toilet is yeah. is my business. And I remember um, my someone life. actually posted, uh, uh, it looked like a legitimate YouTube video on like life hacks at work. Um, and then my brother shared it to me on like Instagram. And it was just like, never thought of it this way. And it was just like, life hack, go to... <laughs> Go and do all of your uh, your time-consuming toilets uh, at work because then you're literally getting paid to poo. Yeah, everyone who <laughs> poos at home is a is a loser. Yeah. One time, one time I found well, I didn't find, but I saw some um, tuna mayo down the toilet. What? Yeah. Oh, what? Someone ate on the bog. Maybe that. That's my question. Is did so. were they eating a sandwich on the toilet and some fell down? Were they like pissing in the toilet and some f- fell? That's a risky place to hold a sandwich. One one hand on your dick, one hand on your sandwich. No wonder you lost some tuna mayo, right? In that yeah, scenario. even sitting down. Why am I eating on the toilet? I don't know. I'll never get any answers to my questions, but we're never going to answer this question. But it is a philosophical thing that everyone can think of. Uh, please send Gareth uh, the, your Twitter responses on what scenario would uh, lead to Tuna Mayo being left down the toilet. I want your conspiracy theories. Yep. I want your Ouija board explanations because you asked yeah. the spirits for help. Obviously. I'm also, I'm only like 95% sure it was Tuna Mayo. I don't know what else it might have been. I didn't get my head in there to like proper check it out. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I saw it. I, good luck, Gina Mayo. I froze for a good 10, 15 seconds and I went to a different toilet. So, Yeah, good shout. You didn't even flush it. You didn't want to risk it. Nah, what if I'd... it then came out and attacked you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. This is what... You're this like, is what nah, I, I see your game. <laughs> Walked away. <laughs> I won't be tricked by Tuna Mayo again, toilet. <laughs> I've been fooled once. <laughs> uh, so, during... During the Q4 holiday season of 2019, Nintendo sold 10.81 million Switch consoles, uh, which is 1 million more than they did in, in uh, Q4 2018. Uh, so people are buying them to play Pokemon, etc. Uh, the Nintendo Switch has now sold more than 52 million units, which is more than the SNES, and it's almost as much as the NES. So, oh, actually, go. I was going to say in it, in the Switch's defence, um, well, no, in the SNES's defence, is that game is a lot more popular now, but apparently not. <laughs> um, yeah, that's still incredible. Yeah, um, yeah, that is incredible. But again, you uh, every single time I hold a Switch or play a Switch, I'm st- I'm just amazed at it, and I hate handhelds. Then pull it on the TV, Dave. I absolutely Dave. hate. 
I hate handheld game consoles. Like I, I wasn't even a fan of the Game Boy. If it wasn't for Tetris and Pokemon, I don't think I'd ever, ever have one. But um, you know, on-the-go gaming just isn't something that ever took my fancy. Uh, but the Switch is seriously like, oh, I can play that style graphics and this good game on on my sofa or in a car or on public transport. This is fantastic. Yeah, I might get one. Do I'll it. Figure it out. <laughs> Do it, Dave. Contribute to these numbers. Help it outsell the NES. Yeah, I think I might need to. But oh. yeah. That's if I don't. It's either it's either the uh, uh, switch or it's VR. I haven't decided. Because I think both are going to be quite hefty, out. but you know, because uh, both are going to require quite a lot of uh, mm. quite a lot of money. Well, the thing is, if you're going to buy the switch just to not play on it because there's no Sherlock Holmes games, then it's probably oh, not worth say, it. Oh, is that is there no Sherlock Holmes games? <laughs> Well, there's a lot of good games on the Switch now. You know, there's a Pokemon game, there's a Zelda game, a Mario game, Smash Bros. Yeah, but is it but is it a point and click mystery solver? Because literally, that's the only thing I want to play. I want to walk over to something. I want Watson to say something sarcastic, like it's just a bookshelf. And I'll be like, yes, I know you, bitch, catty. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to this week's video game music segment with me, the host of the segment, Gareth. Uh, this week's music segment is, simply, Half-Life 2. Uh, it's a game that's not really known for its music, though the music in it is very good. It's sort of that early 2000s drum and bass. Um, and while nobody really talks about outside of the game, whilst you're playing the game, it really highlights those moments and I think that's the mark of a good soundtrack. Although unfortunately, the songs in the soundtrack aren't very long, so I'm going to put two in this week's video game music segment. The first is called Vortal Combat, and it's actually from Half-Life 2 Episode 2. Uh, the second track you'll be hearing is from the Half-Life 2 soundtrack, and it's called Apprehension and Evasion. And coming up after this is obviously Dave and I talking about Half-Life 2. Enjoy!
Released in 2004, Half-Life 2 is a first-person shooter game developed and published by Valve. Like the original Half-Life, which was released in 1998, it combines shooting, puzzles and storytelling, and adds features such as vehicles and physics-based gameplay. Players control think I have the answer to that one. I'm in some sort of ethereal dungeon made out of memories and gaming histories that I kind of grab from the epiphany of people that they have. Stuck in a vortex of memories by millions of people and trying to decipher them and code them and come up with some sort of realisation of what is good and what is bad. I can see everything and nothing. Something surely means everything. Should you play Half-Life 2 today? No. No, my friend, you shouldn't. If you weren't there for the bleeding edge, cutting edge graphics, or the physics which changed the face of gaming, or the narration, 
Then no, you shouldn't be playing it today. Oh, but I heard it's a great game. I heard it's fantastic. Look what it's got on Steam. Look what it's got on Metacritic. I need to go out now and buy it. No! Sit down. Sit down. If you were not there then, then you don't need to be here now. This game isn't made for you. This game does not work. It doesn't work in a sense of taken by its individual mechanics. It shouldn't work, but it does. I first played Half-Life 2 back when it was released on the original Xbox. It was a severely, severely lacking port and every minute part of it was compromised in some way. A low frame rate check, disgusting long loading check. Sometimes you could be in the middle of a firefight and find yourself at a loading screen. Almost everywhere you drove, you would get a loading screen. So it wasn't until I finally bought the game on the Xbox 360, we know as the Orange Box. Quite frankly, one of the best deals in gaming history. Even if you discount the great Portal or the great multiplayer shooter Team Fortress 2, here you had a game which was fantastic. I was there! I was there to enjoy it when it was there to be enjoyed. I didn't just go on there saying, oh look, I bought a Half-Life 2 t-shirt from Amazon, now I need to buy the game. Or, oh look at me, I've got a t-shirt with a crowbar on it. Do you know what I'm referring to? Half-Life 2 is a fantastic game that delves deep into everything that was then and nothing that is now. You wouldn't be able to understand it now. You would look at it and you would say, where are the loot boxes? You would say, where are the dabs? Can I buy any dance moves from online to put into my game? No. It's you and the game. The game asks you to go on a storytelling adventure with it. It doesn't thrust you into a firefight or give you 10 million grenades. And it doesn't scream in your face. It says, look, here's a game world we built. Do you trust us to lead you through it? It's linear, but I swear to you, we're going to give you one of the best gaming experience you've ever had. Half-Life 2 is a journey, and you have to give in to it. You have to take it in. You have to listen to the narration. You have to listen to the stories. You have to listen to the environment. You have to see everything that's happening. You go from one place to another, interlinked by roads. City 17 the place that is overtaken and is under a dictatorship. You are no longer safe. Will you be going to the beach, to the seaside, to the countryside, to a lighthouse? Will you be going to Ravenholm? We don't go to Ravenholm, but you go there and it changes up the game again. The gravity gun, when it first came out, wow, the physics, the coding that went into that. It may seem old school now, but back then being able to pick up saws and use them as weapons against the crab heads. It was genre defined. You don't need to play Half-Life 2 now, you needed to play it then. You needed to see it for what it was. Can someone enjoy Half-Life 2 now? I don't know. Maybe they could if they had appreciation of it. But they'd be looking at it as an historical piece. 
If you were not a PC gamer back in 2004, then you weren't there. I wasn't there. But I managed to get there by any means possible. And I did it in 2008. I must go back in my cage now. Father is calling. Father, stop calling. Put me back in my cage. Father, stop calling. The angels, they sing. Father, don't go back. They will defy you and half life. It's my life. By 2011, it had sold 12 million copies. It was followed by two episodic sequels, the titular Episode 1 and Episode 2, and a prequel, Half-Life Alex, was announced in 2019, and the original Half-Life and Half-Life 2 are now free on Steam. Dave. Gareth. You had never played Half-Life 2 before. Never missed missed the train completely. Uh, I missed the train twice, actually. So first time. That around, can I just say the fact that this game begins on a train makes what yeah, you just said incredibly mate, good. Mate, wasn't wasn't a coincidence. <laughs> just tell me that. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So first of all, never had a PC quick enough. I don't think I was really into games uh-huh. that much when it first came out. Like I was more into just. Well, not that sort of game. Like, I remember everyone chatting about Half-Life 2 and just being like, oh, this is amazing. A lot of my PC gamer friends were just like, oh, what do you mean you never played Half-Life? And I was just like, I just don't have a PC quick enough. Yeah. Back then, I think I had one of the old iMacs. So, you know, it had like, it was green. Yes. And it had like, you know, you know the bubble backs? And you sit there and go, yeah, like, I'm playing fucking Minesweeper on that thing. Like, come on, I don't have a gaming PC. Um, and so yeah I heard everyone chatting about it and I was just like okay then and then when I got an Xbox 360 and you know the orange box came out and they were like oh fuck you need you got no excuse now and then by that point I think I was just being stubborn I was like no fuck off yeah (laughs) and I just gently I just didn't play it and I think that's the same reason why I haven't played Portal either is because so many people were telling me that I must play it that I thought you know what Uh, it's, it's a product of its own hype and I'm not going to enjoy it because everyone keeps telling me it's the best game on earth sure yeah. Uh, until I played it and then I realised actually I probably should have played this back in like 2006 when I had the chance <laughs> well I similar to you um, I didn't play it when it first came out we had a PC uh, I was going to say 2003 onwards it was pretty shit at some point I bought a graphics card for it that was a bad graphics card but it technically worked and I ended up playing the first few hours of Half-Life 2 on that I got to the bit where you're in the boat well at least I guess it's yeah. like a not quite a boat hovercraft type thing I guess the hovercraft yeah yeah um, and that's when the, the game couldn't handle like everything moving that quickly so on that shitty graphics card it just sort of fell apart <laughs> And then I avoided it for like a decade, and then I eventually played the orange box, 
and that was my first uh, exposure to Half-Life 2. But no one cares what I think, Dave, because everybody has listened to episode two of this podcast and has already 100%. heard. Like, yeah, exactly. We've got six-year veterans on the podcasts listening. That's uh, true. And it's just yeah, my opinion, nothing really. Yes, because, and- Dave, this game came out and it's now old enough to have sex legally and you're just now playing it. <laughs> so your perspective is so far removed from the original launch that it's like, what does Dave, who's played video games for the past 15 years, think of this game that at the time was incredibly revolutionary and the hottest yeah. thing anyone had ever seen? I think that's the sort of the lens, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of the lens. Like, does it hold up? And yeah. I think the, and I think the question is obviously the answer quite simply, no, obviously it doesn't hold up. Oh. It's, a, it's, it's a fucking old game, <laughs> okay? Uh, but <laughs> it does not mean that it's not enjoyable. Like, there are obviously some things in it which frustrate the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give everyone, like, context, um, I am not a PC gamer. I've recently injured my thumb... <laughs> Uh, playing and actually ironically um, injured both my thumbs now um, really? My, yeah <laughs> I trapped my left thumb in my door <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> so in my car door okay opened it and then and, and this was yesterday because I was doing um, I was changing the CD player in it because the aerial section was crap so I installed a DAB digital radio and I opened it obviously it was really quite windy nowhere near as bad as it was today yeah. and it just blew and just slammed on it it wasn't even that much it wasn't even that wide open but it just slammed into it and I was just like ah so yeah yesterday when I was actually completing the game I had two injured thumbs anyway how this uh, makes any relevance to what I'm saying is um, I'm a I'm a constant <laughs> gamer so i'm very much used to a joystick and controllers yeah but i was i i had to result to playing with mouse and keyboard and i think my main frustrations with the games and how it played was down to the fact that i had to use my mouse and keyboard yeah um you know things like shooting uh driving was like nigh on impossible for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was just it was just so unbelievably frustrating uh, we discussed before we started recording like also like the mouse turns I don't have a large enough desk where I can do like a whole almost um, 180 pan yeah. like, from left to right without having to like scroll again and take my mouse up and scroll again and it's like that these like little annoying details that meant that I was dying a lot more than I expected to die um, you know and things like changing guns they're mm-hmm. like assigned to the number keys reload is really close to like uh, a, you know the fucking action button and <laughs> it's like little things like that where you sit there and just go god if I was just this game would be so much quicker if I was just used to the platform that I was playing it on um, having said that though it wasn't a bad experience by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. I think um, I can understand why it was so revolutionary. Um, like fucking the gravity gun. Yeah. Still holds up today. Like you. Like, honest, Jesus Christ. You text fun. us on uh, last Tuesday because we, we were getting ready to record on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and oh, you said, like, I'm oh. Halfway through. Yeah, you like, I'm halfway through. 
Uh, I think I, I think I'm alright to talk about it though. I'm like just at Ravenholm and it's like, Dave, no, that's not <laughs> no, gonna do it, mate. Because like that whole that whole section where it's like you've just got the gravity gun and this whole area is basically like use the gravity gun non-stop in this area. Like that's when the game sort of reaches a whole another level of like, yeah, fucking hell. Video uh, games. I'll be honest with you, like for um, for like the first six chapters, and they go through really quite quickly. And I went, oh, okay then. Uh, this game is actually going to be quite short. Like it's probably gonna, like, I'm going to be able to complete it quite quickly. Um, they were just like it's just generic shooter. Hmm. And if I'm I'm totally honest because again I haven't played Half Life, so I'm, I was a little bit lost with the story, and uh, I kind of got the gist of it. But I was just yeah. like, oh, okay then. They're trying to like like this this doctor's got like a really warped view of what a perfect society is and right I get it he's he's like a power control freak and we've got to take down the big bad and I look at this like alien race in which he's like collabing with and they're just totally fucking us off and this is where all the weird tech is coming from right I get it mm-hmm. um, and I didn't really have but this is my point like, I didn't really have to fully understand it you can go into it and I think I would enjoy it a lot more if I did understand it more in right. regards to the story aspect but the gameplay still holds up like in regards to the enjoyment factor um, but yeah like I said before you get to the gravity gun it's just generic shooter like you're running from place to place and you're just like oh go here and oh look uh, just drive to this place and oh here's Here's some boring monologue. Okay, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, carry on. Oh, yeah, what, do I just go into the zoom and shoot more people? Okay, then cool. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, then fantastic. Uh, another really infuriating driving bit in a hovercraft. That doesn't feel like it's... like You're literally on a cloud. Oh, fantastic. Uh, uh. I think yeah. that's a little bit unfair. Because that no, you're escaping that... from the city. The whole city is out to get you. Did, you not, did none of that come across... No, yeah, it was the most intense, like, six chapters I think I ever played. And I mean, okay. like, I don't think, I don't think we stopped. And I don't, actually, I honestly don't think I've played a game that high octane. Ever. Yeah. It, it means that well, once you get to the gravity gun, it does slow down. Yeah. But then it brings in this other bit, doesn't it? It goes, oh, look what you can do now. And mm-hmm. even now, when I picked up it, you know, the first, like, table, I think it was, and I was like... Okay, then let's see what it can do. And it literally just... It reacts to everything how you expect it to react. Which yeah. is just... It still blows my mind from like a programming point of view. You yeah. just going, how the fuck did you do this? Obviously, even for the time, it was like revolutionary. That like pretty much everything in the game is an object that can be manipulated in some way by this gun, and it all behaves well. But even it's been 16 years since then. I can't think of an example recently where no. that has done it even close to that, that well. Good. Yeah, has done it that good, and I mean it. Like you know, fucking not all that good. <laughs> um, because it, like I said, it, it reacts as you expect it to react. It's almost super realistic, like. I didn't expect it to when I was holding the gravity gun uh, or I was holding an item in the gravity gun to move it around and it kept getting stuck on something and I was just like what's it getting stuck on and then I realised that it, it, it got stuck on like a wire mesh from <laughs> yeah. like a fence and I said something that small is still not ignoring is going no it's there and it just falls down I'm like what 
oh fuck, there's like a lip there that I need to like go under. And it's just like little things like that where it's just like incredible like attention to detail which mm-hmm. uh, hasn't been kind of and en- 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 oh, I can't even fucking say the word emulated it hasn't been put in, yeah, emulated in any other game <laughs> okay yes uh, but yeah definitely like like I said it was full on uh, it was full on escape the city there's quite literally you're the most wanted man in 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 the whole world yeah um, everyone is fucking after you um the things that annoyed me, I think, are just testaments of time. It's little things like that, and I don't think they're. It's more of it's, it's more of a comment on what sort of game I've become because of modern, like AIDS, rather than, you know, the 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 downfalls to the game. So yeah. stuff like, um, you know, everything kind of, and again, everything just looks it was similar textures and it was difficult to figure out whether do, do I have to climb this and where do I go and I'm so used to like waypoints I'm so used to maps I'm so used to stuff like that um, but so it took me a while to get used to not having those and to figure out where I'm actually meant to be going there was a couple of missions where I was running around for probably about 20 minutes trying to figure out where the fuck I was meant to go and then I remembered that I could actually open doors um, and then I was just like, oh yeah, I'm just a twat. Um, <laughs> should have just opened this door to the staircase and go up. There was also a couple of points where it wasn't really obvious that I was meant to climb. Right. Because it felt like I was just wall hacking to get over to the next mission bit. And it's not until you landed and then there was a loading bar. Did you go, oh no, this was actually where they wanted me to go. I wish they made that a bit more obvious. Um, but like I said, it's just like... It's little like interfaces in modern gaming which you're now used to and you mm-hmm. expect it to be there. But it's games like this that kind of set that groundwork to say, you know, the way in which you're meant to be going is now silently hinted towards via the lighting or there might be a flare somewhere, etc. to show you that that's where you're meant to go. So there's like these more world-building waypoints rather than like it's not like Far Cry style waypoints where it literally like blinks on the fucking map next to you but yeah. you know what I mean but it's also um, not like level complete you you pull out back to a mission select screen select next exactly. level next level loads in it's like it all stitches together in such a way that it feels like one journey you know if I said to you which level was your favourite you'd be like well it's, there's no like levels when it's you just... asked me where I was I had to literally Wikipedia the chapters <laughs> right I was like I don't even know where the fuck I am I yeah. don't know how far through I am and I had to just Wikipedia the chapters and I think I'm on that one yeah I am on that one that looks familiar um but yeah I think like I said the the annoyances that I experienced with the games the game just is a testament to its age rather than anything else and the fact that I wasn't used to mouse and keyboard you know the drive mechanics are obviously really dated yeah it's really difficult to control like you have a sand buggy in one of the missions and they're like ride along the sand dunes and I'll meet you at the fortress and you're like yeah this is going to be amazing you get in it and it's like here's the boost button and he's like yeah this is incredible and you press the boost button to start with and it just fucking donuts and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> it like it literally boosts like 
that you could all that you can imagine like in console commands and you just like uh drop acceleration speed just boost by 300 percent and it's just uncontrollable it just like it just skids everywhere but you know you can tell that the developers are trying to have a lot of fun um you know like i said the driving mechanics the fact that the the you know the textures all look similar um Again, it's just this this graphic quality of the 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 age of the game, yeah. um, the you know the looking around and the firefighting. I died a lot of the time, but simply because I just wasn't used to changing the um, guns by using the mouse wheel, which was super sensitive, or, or the um, number keys on my keyboard. I just, I personally just wasn't adapted to that style. Yeah. But I could say, like, there's more pros to the game that I was just pleasantly surprised about. I, I didn't expect there to be such variety in the game in regards to mood, in regards to different styles of gameplay that they expect you to do. Like, you'd literally go from, like, the most intense firefight ever, and it'll go really calm, and then you'll go into this room, and they'll be like, oh, now solve a puzzle. Yeah. And like, what? Oh yeah, you got to get up there. Use the gravity gun and all the boxes in the world. <laughs> you know, you can just fucking... Or, or there's a platform over there you can try and get to if it's easier. But you can just build like a fucking pyramid of cardboard boxes and climb it if you want. Yeah. Like, there was no hand-holding. There was no... No, you're not allowed up there. Um, there was some secrets, but, you know, um, the secrets are mainly just like extra ammo crates and stuff like that yeah um, nothing game breaking you know yeah nothing game breaking like you can find it and there was a little achievement popping up every single time I found one but I was just like fuck off am I going to find all 50 of them <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's just like little things in it that I was just shocked about um, I didn't expect there to be like genuine times that I got like you'd, you'd go from like a I remember the, the, the change from a super firefight with like dog who's the mech yeah, and all of that, and then you go down this little sewage pipe, and now you're in a horror game. Yes. And you're like, oh, great. <laughs> Fucking great. And you can immediately tell because it's just like, oh, it's cloudy. It's a bit misty. They uh, immediately, like, there's a, there's a health kit on the wall, <laughs> and next to it, there's like a crate and you blast it open and it just goes here some shotgun ammo and you're like okay this is going to be one of those missions then <laughs> take the shotgun and the health good luck and you know you just piss off and back in you go um it just changes pace all the time continues mm-hmm. to catch you on your feet um and if i'm honest yeah the last three i played it last night um the last three chapters and I just I I didn't want to quit until I'd finished it. I was like, no, not quitting. No, going to continue. But that's where the bulk of the story is. You know, like I said, a lot of the downtime, or a little bit of a downside, is that you know there is, it's probably about, like genuinely about five chapters where you don't talk to another soul. Yeah. And you're just wandering, and you're just like, well, what what's actually going on? Uh, and then, but again. A, a crux of modern gaming I think I'm just used to someone continuously gratifying how great I am and being like well done carry on <laughs> uh, you know and I didn't get that so it's a different sort of game but definitely one that I enjoyed 
the final bit with the gravity gun just just fuck it I could replay that over and over again yeah that's maybe one of the best oh, ends oh, to a game so good like because like, the gravity gun go I said if you want to go god tier that's the way you do it isn't it yeah because like, the gravity know. gun is this thing that's been awesome the whole game but it's never been like the focal point well, they purposely made it sound because I, I've forgotten her name. But uh, when she gives it, to, yeah, Alex, when she gives it to you, she's just like, "Oh, it's mainly a trash removal and an object removal thing." So therefore, there's a massive emphasis on looking around your environment. If I'm honest, yeah, I really enjoyed grabbing the gravity gun because again, I went to reload and slammed G in a panic, <laughs> and he said, "Let's go, great! I've now got the gravity gun out. Fine." Uh, but it wasn't the end of the world. I, I just really enjoyed looking around my environment, finding things to pick up and dash at people's heads. Like bricks, that's fine. <laughs> boff. You know, what's this? A barrel? Fine. Boff. Um, there was just, there was just this, this like, insane sense of satisfaction when there's three people running towards you. And I've accidentally... I haven't reloaded my gun. So I grab a gravity gun grab a table just fling it into all three of them at once and they just all fall over and you're like <laughs> like like three stooges <laughs> just shoot them all while they're on the floor there's just like there's just something insanely fun about that and then when they say oh it, it can't be used in humans and then suddenly they god tier it and now it can just fucking drag humans into humans and shoot people and it it just becomes this amazing weapon and it's just so much fun yeah like to say to give you that satisfaction of these people have been chasing me quite literally and the game does a really good job of like letting you know how annoying they are like the combine are everywhere Mm mm-hmm and they give you that sense of annoyance to say that there is no resting there's no escaping and then you go into their main base and you get this super god tier weapon and you just get to blast every single person in front of you and you're just like yeah fucking have this why didn't you just let me refuel why didn't you just let me heal oh fuck you <laughs> and like you know you just really just go out and it is a lot of fun I loved it absolutely loved it awesome well I should uh, reiterate I did play the game as well this past week I played it on PC, but with a controller. I was living Dave's dream. Yeah, um, literally. Probably completing. I think you did complete in half the time. I completed in a That's few days. It took me so long. It took me about five days to complete. Yeah. Well, I knew where I was going was the main thing. But the other thing was, because I'd already played the game before, I didn't really do a lot of what I did the first time, which was just looking around that world. The world building in this game is incredible. Oh, yeah. Instantly, from the train station, you get a sense of what this world has become. There's characters in the train station, which it seems like yeah, they've gone insane to... from waiting. They're just, like, yeah. all mumbling to themselves and crazy. And, like, you get pushed through that train station by the various guards, and it's very clear that they're the ones in charge. Um, you know, the game doesn't start off with a narration that's like, in the year 2028, the Combine attacked from another dimension. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just learn all of it by being in that world. And it's so good. And there's, like, newspaper clippings everywhere and the way everything has been... So, like, there are certain doors with, like, those big 
combine locks on which you can't pick. Yeah. And you go to I open it and it's just like doo doo like no. It's like okay. No, not allowed there. You're like oh okay. And then that bit where you go into the um very early on where you go into the first apartment building. Yeah. And um you you get to a stairwell and you see soldiers coming up the stairs, they see you and activate their batons and start running out, you're like, There he is and you're like, Oh fuck Like the way that world just drops you into it is unlike any other game. So the first time I played the game, I spent like an hour and a half in that very first area, like the bit where you get to the front of the train station and there's people queuing up to get to a machine. I joined the queue and I patiently waited to get to the front of the queue and nothing happened. But the whole time there's that screen to the side with the old man with the white beard, like talking and giving it like the rhetoric that the combine yeah, have been just, told just him to say. You, yeah, telling him, telling you that you know you're you're in safe hands and that transition. That's what they kept saying in the game, isn't it? Yeah. Transition will be quick and smooth, and transition to what? And this is how you keep asking questions. Like, what? What are they talking about? Um, but yeah, like you said, I, I I took a different approach to that first area. I just tried to see if I could start fights with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I was picking up things like coke cans and just throwing it at people, and <laughs> just going, "Go on." see if I can annoy so many people that they start like chasing me or something uh, the combine didn't take long before they got their batons out but at this time you're invincible so they just beat you once and they walk away so yeah. that just happens a couple of times um, but yeah there is a lot of visual storytelling yeah and it's storytelling in a way that you know if you're not looking in the right direction as you go down an alleyway you might miss something because yeah, you never leave the first person view there's no cutscenes really um, there's no, no, no cinematics definitely you know if you even the cutscenes you can miss them completely yeah so Alex is talking to the doctor and I, I tested it because I walked to, uh, I walked over to the opposite side of the lab and then they suddenly just turned into a <laughs> and I was just like great I'm missing all of this <laughs> <laughs> exactly because you know if you're a real person in that situation if you weren't looking yeah, over there, you'd hearing. miss it. Yeah, exactly. You know, superhearing. You're going to miss it. Don't be part of the conversation then. So you can be Gordon Freeman, the complete <laughs> fucking arrogant douchebag who just spends all of his time just pissing people off and walking away from conversations and they're talking to you. Yeah, that's up to you. But no, well, not no, but very few games feel like they've had that much thought put into just the world you'll be in. So when you're dropped into that world, it feels like a real place that's been, you know, yeah, invaded. And the war's already over. There's, like, a clipping in Kleiner's office which says, like, Earth forced to surrender after seven-hour war. It's like, Jesus Christ, we got fucking murked. So when you start fighting against these guys in the second half of the game, it's like, fucking yes, humanity, go on. Let's do this yeah, exactly. shit. <laughs> so, come on, give me a gun. Give me a gun. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it is, like you said... Like the um, hovercraft missions, I think that's the longest two chapters that I spent in the game. Yeah, and I think it there, is a that, bit. there is that um, exploration it encourages you, encourages you to take part in, where they're just like you know all of these shacks you can go into them. Like some of them are just crap. They, yeah, they don't have anything. They've just got like a a little bit of a visual like storytelling to do where you walk into it and there's like a there's a, a crab head and a dead man and you sit and go yeah so this man's committed suicide because he was locked with a crab head fine yeah. okay, stuff cool. like that is great and then, 
it's like little things like that but there's and generally I, I, I was fascinated to do it but also I just didn't know where I was going so you know by not holding your hand it forces you to look into these places a bit more in more depth and more detail and just be like where am I going what am I doing um yeah I really did enjoy it yeah um, it, it, it I probably just... did miss a lot during the middle bits I probably missed a few uh a few bits of the story really regards to like um you know the extra bits so when you had all your followers I mm-hmm. knew that there was a lot of um there's a lot of like huddled conversations that you can become a part of okay and right. I think I just like you know walked past them not on purpose by any stretch of the imagination I think it was just simply because the feeling of being chased was so bearing yeah you know, <laughs> you know they're like they are behind you they're coming and so like you said and it's kudos to the game where you sit and go do I have time to stay in this apartment or are these people just going to die if I stay here yeah uh, they don't have guns um but yeah it's almost like a um a communist dystopia isn't it yeah every, kind every of. single apartment is the exact same uh the exact same layout the exact same door they're watching the exact same tv channel um you know it's the it's the epitome of like a communist dystopia but yeah so yeah it still holds up in regards to gameplay it's still like i think a lot of a lot of the games in which i really have enjoyed in recent times i've seen a lot of you know inspiration from this game oh yeah big time it's like just again like you said visual storytelling um chase sequence atmosphere all of that is so important and like i said even a game with such basic graphics in regards to you know textures today's standards it's basic yeah today's standards is basic but i'm saying is that you know the game's like decades old and you're sitting there going it still holds up in regards to gameplay like you know not in regards to uh, graphics controls um you know all of that stuff but definitely in regards to gameplay storytelling um you know the need for exploration that you want to know more leaves it on a massive cliffhanger do the um do the episodes expand the story at all or is it just the episodes pick up like straight after the end of the game which kind of doesn't make sense because at the end of the game the g-man's like all right well now we're gonna put you in whatever wherever we keep you in between adventures kind of puts you back into stasis yeah i don't remember exactly what happens i think maybe the vortigaunts who are those aliens with like the hand in their stomach who can do energy stuff. I think they maybe pull you out of wherever he's keeping you so you can keep helping. Um, but those games, it's just, it's more of the gameplay. There is story to it. But, you know, you're going to be playing more Half-Life. Which it is exhausting. It's a very exhausting game. I remember my first time through it, just every single time I would get to a place where people were just like living, like every safe area, I'd be like, oh, thank God. For a second, I can breathe. I can just look around. Maybe someone's got like a newspaper or a book over here that I can get some sense of the world. Maybe some people are having a conversation that I can eavesdrop on. Like just 
let me soak in this world a little bit before I have to start running and shooting sentient saw blades that are flying at me down a dark alleyway. Yeah. But then, like, a helicopter would fly over and you'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. And now I've got to keep running. It's like, I just wish there was more room to breathe. Because that world is such a fun place to just be and walk around and look around, like... I was going to say that, like, I got really annoyed in, like, the middle chapters because, like, like you said, it was... Especially, like, the sand and spider things. Yeah. Like, fuck off. When they gave me that, like, um, you know, that gland, and they're like, you can now control them. I was like, thank the fucking lord. <laughs> I absolutely found it infuriating yeah. to do these. And I, I literally, like, I'm not even going to lie to you, I lost patience in the puzzles, and I just ended up running through the sand. Like, they were just like, oh, just pick all these things up and then just tiptoe through the sand. Don't touch the sand. And I was like, fuck this. And I just ran. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did and on I this playthrough. Like, oh, you know what? I can't be asked with this. And just bombed it. But, and, and so many times dying, I was just like, oh, I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, here's a little settlement. And then the guy was like, oh, here's, here's the glands. You can now control them. And I was like, oh, thank <laughs> God. I was like, this is so annoying. And again, I've never found an enemy so irritating than the fucking, you know, crab heads. Yeah. But the but the the things that jump at you, <laughs> like the zombies, I can deal with. Like uh -huh. fucking, um, the even the more feral ones, which are like apes that like leap at you, like. Yeah. Aliens. It was like a it was a mixture of alien and predator in the same design. And I went, yeah, this is cool. But the things that like carry the black poisonous ones, yeah. I'm like, you can fuck right off. <laughs> like, you know, hate them. Like, and what annoyed me, Roger, is that when you like shoot, like, I end up just like saving like a barrel. And then when I saw it come around the corner, just like shooting a fucking barrel at it. Yeah. And then um, it would die. But obviously, the things in his back didn't. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing that kind of reminds me of is how good the sound design is in this game. Oh, so good. Like, there'll be moments where you'll have forgot headcrabs exist for a few moments of bliss. And you're going to... It's like a bit where there's not shouldn't even be any headcrabs. It's like the middle of the yeah. day. You're in the city. You've, no. you've just been <laughs> shooting some soldiers. And then all of a sudden... You'll go in a room and you'll hear that screech of, that they do, and you're like, "Oh god, oh fucking god!" No. <laughs> it's like that's the it's all the one for me. Yeah, is that because it forces you um, to sneak into a vent? Yeah, it just goes, "Oh, go into this vent," and I'm like the door from the other side. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, then cool." And I just literally crawl into the vent, and then, like you said, I had headphones on. I was playing on a PC, and I went, "No, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna full on PC game. I've got my headphones on. It's gonna be great." Crawl into the thing. I, I grab my shotgun, the flashlight, and I'm walking around, and everything's fine. And then, like you say, it's just like because I turned left, that's the way that we were meant to go. Yeah. And I was just like, la, 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 la. and then obviously from behind me, you hear that god awful screech, and it generally scared the shit out of me. You turn around and you start shooting like nine times at this head crab. <laughs> it's just like, oh, fuck's sake. I hate head crabs. Yeah. The sound is just top to bottom amazing. Like, the way the guns feel when you shoot them is really good. The way yeah. the combined soldiers, like, you can sort of hear them coming because they're all like, yeah, like over their radios. They're like, they're like a mixture of fucking Minecraft villagers with <laughs> guns. <laughs> and then <laughs> so, when you kill them and, like, their life support goes like, beep. So like, it's like yeah. all really well done, and it all sounds 
appropriately sinister. And yeah, the, the way that game sounds is like incredible. What I will say, Dave, is if you like this style of like storytelling and world building, uh, Portal 1 and 2 are very much that, but a puzzle game instead of an action game. Also, um, I think I'm definitely going to get, because it's, I think it's like 8 quid. And I was like, you can't really go wrong. You so I think really I'm going to download them. Um, no pressure to like play them in a week and then we talk about them, but you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rush and play them. But I'm just thinking is that whilst my thumb still heals, because the what's so annoying about it is because your thumb actually has a knuckle. <laughs> yes. Um, obviously, I've bruised like the right side of that knuckle. Now, Hang the on, wait. Side, so I, I got my left thumb up here, the right hand right side the of the knuckle. <sighs> oh yeah, I don't want that. To, no, I don't want I, mine to be bruised there. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the right hand side. No, I'm saying that that's when you use it the most. And you sit there and go, obviously, because I haven't used that, like, you don't really grab things into your hand, do you? you? Or into your finger. Sorry, I'm looking at my own hand describing this. This is so fucking weird. Anyway, that's like my joystick hand. Right. And you sit there and go, oh, so irritating, but you just can't need to rest it. I might just, like you said, buy it, play it, enjoy it, like the puzzle puzzle solving yeah I think it's kind of giving me that mood it's got me in the mood to kind of play some Valve games um, well there's not that many so it won't take you very long <laughs> yeah it won't take you long but no definitely it was it, it was a worthy experience I understand why everyone just kind of shat their pants over it I also understand why a lot of people have been asking for a third one for so long yeah um, you know it definitely did leave uh, a lasting impression like, I can't think of it like I've never been so genuinely annoyed at a game or frustrated actually not annoyed frustrated because it's that sense of you are generally being rushed yeah you're being rushed off your feet they don't want you to rest they don't want you to feel safe and the game does such a good job of doing that um, which surprised me because I didn't realise it was happening like you know I didn't realise that I was getting this infuriated by a game Mm-hmm. Um, or this frustrated by a game simply because it was rushing me like you know even little things like I didn't feel like I was being rushed and I you know parts of me just go oh no I'm going to be stubborn I know you're trying to rush me but I'm just going to take my time I'm going to take my time I'm going to start healing and like three combine soldiers will come up behind you and just shoot you in the back <laughs> and you'll be like oh fuck it there's like constant reminders that you cannot stay still yeah. like, no we will endlessly respawn you can go on then test us <laughs> and I did once so I did end up staying in, um, in an area or in a house for so long and then they ended up just endlessly respawning so I ran out of ammo. Yeah. And I was like, they do, they'll just endlessly respawn and come in and attack you. <laughs> <laughs> so there is that essence, like, like I kept saying, that you are being chased, you are a wanted man, you can't hide. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. Um, but got in, like I said, even though I was rushing through it, I got enough of the story without someone ramming it down my phone in the cutscene. Yeah. which is incredible really it's a very um, it's a very worthy um entrant on any like best of all time list i think yeah definitely i i, I wouldn't even argue like it's not like a hit because it really is that good um but i think it just comes from like you said the attention to detail it's the it's the passion that clearly went into the game that shines through the most like yeah. 
and I know Rob keeps going on about it as well, like saying that oh, modern gaming is dead um, <laughs> because they keep churning out sequels, you know, sequels off sequels. Like, how many Call of Duties now? Like, it, it ended up being quite fun when they were releasing one per year, but now it's become like more like a running joke than anything else. Yeah. To be like, yeah, like there has to be a Call of Duty each year, and it means that there's less passion in all these projects because they have to churn it out. Um, so I guess I do understand that there isn't a third one because if their hearts aren't in it then we're not going to make one just because it will sell yeah uh, well I mean Half-Life Alex, mate you know yeah this is it so now it's come out we'll make one because we've finally got an idea to make another one so let's do that exactly uh, so yeah excited I think I am excited to play Portal 2 or Portal actually I'll play both yeah, they're really good companion games as you would expect yeah, <laughs> uh, so, yeah really what Portal 1 and 2 are good companion games <laughs> shocking but yeah it's definitely something uh, that I didn't expect to enjoy I was fully expecting to hate on this game yeah uh, I was fully expecting to be like oh it's just a fucking standard PC shooter man why are you just like the only reason why you love it is because of nostalgia dicks uh, but no <laughs> like genuinely it, I didn't the things that surprised me are the fact that it it, like I kept saying it made me frustrated because it kept chasing me uh, the storytelling was subtle but enough the interactivity of the game was incredible the music and sound design was incredible the um, the change of pace in regards to different styles of gameplay from shooting to horror to puzzle to platforming back to shooting uh, the boss battles were challenging the driving segments were infuriating but again they were old mm-hmm. but again you go from so many different genres of game um, it forces you to explore um, you know the guns are just nice to use I, I actually used more guns than I thought I would I was even using like the pistol all the way to the end <laughs> Like, you know? Yeah. No gun was useless. Yeah. A lot of these games, when you get new guns, you forget about the old ones. But every gun had a purpose. Um, yeah, it was just really good. And But like I said, each uh, the only annoyances that I had yet were just age-related. Yeah. I, I, I got stuck on a couple of puzzles because I didn't see a switch because it looked like a brick. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's like graphical things like that. If only they made that look less grey than the wall, and then I would have realised that's a switch I needed to press. Yeah. Um, But again, it's just like age-related issues, and if I played it at the time, I would have seen it as a switch because that's what the graphics were at the time. You know, it's only because I've been spoiled (laughs) with 4K God of War graphics that you sit there and go, oh, everything looks different. Yeah, I, I think that's why when we first started this and you said, does it hold up? No. I think that's fair. I think the way you've explained yeah. it, it is is more than fair. Because I was originally thinking you were going to be like, guys, I hated it. Because, no. you know, no, we, we've we've yeah. not really talked about how you felt about it until right now. So it's <laughs> no, like, all. for all I knew, you fucking despised it. <laughs> no, but this is it. Like, if people, because people keep asking that question, like surprisingly to be like yeah it still holds up as a modern game no it doesn't don't lie to yourself <laughs> it doesn't hold up as a modern game okay it controls like balls it really is old okay it doesn't mean it's unplayable yeah 
It's just nowhere near. We've learned from the, the mistakes of the past. This is what I'm saying. You know, whatever um, whatever era of game games this was, um, we've learned from it. And you sit there and go, you know, um, graphics have improved enough that we can define the differences between a switch and a brick wall. We've uh, we've figured out how to actually get decent driving mechanics in games. Um, you know, guns don't look like toys. <laughs> in, uh, uh, enemies aren't square, yeah. Um, but you know, it, uh, gameplay-wise, it still is one of the best experiences that you can play. Um, you know, as a game, it still holds up. But don't tell me that it's you know just as good as the modern titles because no, there is an aspect of it where you know you have to come from a historical point of view. I am lucky enough to understand or, you know, I'm of an age where I used to play games like this, so therefore the adjusting the adjusting period wasn't drastically difficult for me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, if I brought this into school and said to kids, play this game, they'd probably fucking lose their shit. <laughs> they'd be like, what? What the fuck? I don't even know how to do this. Like, why does everything look so bad? Why is everything great? You know, it's like... You've got to be, you've got to come at it from a historical point of view. Yeah. It doesn't hold up, no. But does that mean it's a bad game? Not by a long shot. You know, it's still an incredible game. It's still a game which I would actually recommend people play. Um, you know, you've still got four weeks left. <laughs> yep, Probably still free. More. It's still free for another four or five weeks. So, you know, grab it, uh, play it, enjoy it. It takes about three, four days, three to five days to complete. Um, it's a lot because again um, it's a thing that I wasn't used to I think modern games are, are, are significantly shorter or they're at least chopped up into smaller pieces hmm. but each each chapter is at least 45 minutes long and that's even if you just go through it quickly like you can easily spend 90 minutes per chapter yeah. and there's 13 chapters so well, actually, probably towards the end, you probably can't spend that long. It is a bit of a roller coaster for the last two chapters, but you know, yeah. um, let's say for ten chapters, you can definitely spend about an hour and a half just exploring, soaking up the world, really enjoying yourself. And again, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect the puzzles to be challenging or enjoyable, and they were both. I didn't expect the enemies to be scary because, come on, they looked really fucking old. <laughs> but they still still gave me a couple of jump scares, you know? Especially when you're in a dark room and it does so well not to move until you flash a light onto it and it jumps at you. Fucking <laughs> amazing. Pro, what's the name? Programming there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely definitely worth playing so yeah like you said a bit anxious at the beginning to be like no doesn't hold up it's shit but no it doesn't you know like i said and kept saying my bugbears are just age related bugbears yeah. rather than gameplay bugbears so yeah definitely good definitely worth playing good surprise i put it down in my surprise category did not expect to enjoy it as much as i did did not expect to be as invested as much as I did. I haven't felt the need, and again, the the need to complete it for the podcast was there. Yeah. But the need to complete it because I wanted to was there. You know, I was Which is much more important. And debate over, yeah, 
I was debating whether to actually do my class work. Do I prepare a lesson for tomorrow or do I just play Half-Life 2? Oh, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I had to kind of, you know, I, I, I wanted to get through my chores quickly so that I can get to it and play it just like I used to when I was a fucking 14 year old. <laughs> so yeah, it brought me back. It was, yeah, it was a good experience. Cool. So, yeah. Well, I'm not sure if the um, DL, well, not DLC, but the episodes are free. It doesn't look like it. I'm looking at Steam's store right now. Half-Life 2, Episode 2, £5.79. So, they're not free. So, you'd have to shell out if you wanted to keep experiencing the world of Half-Life, Dave. But even without it, I think Half-Life 2 is a very complete game. And as you've heard us talk about, we both thoroughly recommend it. Slightly different reasons, but I think we can both agree, Dave, that you're happy that you've played Half-Life 2, even if it is 2020. I'm happy. I'm happy that I played it, even though I am drastically late and I think past me was wrong to think that it was like a hipster movement to yeah. to need to play this game it definitely isn't it's definitely worth a play and like I said uh, I think it's still a worthwhile experience definitely cool well let's leave it there then Dave because it's quarter to nine yeah. on this Sunday evening and I think we could both do we spending some time on our own in bed with a Top of ice cream crying, right? That's what I'll be doing. I assume you'll be doing the same? Yep. It's the only thing that I do on a Sunday night. Great. Well, you know how this episode mirrored episode two? Uh, If that's any indication, next week's episode will be about Resident Evil 2, because that's what we talked about on episode three of the Game Central podcast. So, something to look forward to (laughs) for our listeners. So, I need to download and play the Resident Evil 2 remaster. Hmm. All right, and I'll see you in two weeks, guys. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we joke. <laughs> I don't know what we'll do we about uh, podcasts for this next week going forward. Like, part of me wants to still do one on Tuesday so that we've not actually <laughs> technically missed the week, but that's insane. Um, that's insane. I think we need to be uh, we need to be clever about this. And yes. Today, um, we'll resume next Tuesday I think that's fair yeah Tuesday off next yeah sure because then that gives me time to actually play something oh good shout because then you say what have you been playing Uh, literally Half-Life 2 I then slept I worked (laughs) and then that's it we're back recording (laughs) yeah okay let's say that let's say a week from Tuesday Uh, thank you for listening anybody that's listened Uh, we appreciate every listen every subscriber And hopefully you've not got bored hearing us talk about a game that came out 16 years ago. But for now. For now, Dave. Dave. Dave, are you listening to me, Dave? I have something very important to tell you. Please, tell me. It's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure, Gareth, as always. And until next time, um, sleep well, Mm -hmm. eat lots, and uh, enjoy yourself. I will try my best. And you do the same, Dave. I will. <laughs> All right. Bye. 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 <laughs>